Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Or I guess if it's your first time joining us on the She Built This podcast, here's your official welcoming party. Um, As the nice lady said in the intro, just kidding, that was me. I was the nice lady in the intro. I'm actually not cool enough to have somebody introduce me yet. Um, But anyway, I digress. My name is Emily Aborn, like I said, and I'm the owner and founder of She Built This, a woman's entrepreneurship community all about collaboration and support. In addition to running She Built This, I'm also a content writer. So what you end up getting on this podcast is one part inspiring stories from women entrepreneurs, one part marketing and content tips you can use for your business, one part random other education I deem worthy of providing, and one part inspiration, also sometimes known as senseless babble from yours truly. This week, it is just you and me today. Um, The guests are going to be back next week. So get cozy, whether you're walking or driving or I don't know what people do when they listen to podcasts. I I basically just walk and take showers. That's my podcast time. Um, All right. Anyway, I had a pretty wacky month of July. I hope you didn't have as wacky of a month, but for me, it was like a lot of the things I was excited for and had planned on happening didn't end up happening. And this was like everything from family stuff that I was planning on to clients that I was really looking forward to working with to new projects. It was a weird one and things just kind of sort of kept falling through. Um, And so I spent a lot of the month in limbo. Like I really wanted to be moving forward and taking steps, but then I would be kind of like pulled back a step or two. It was a weird feeling. But anyway, my motto is what happens in July stays in July. That's not really my motto, but it is now. And now we're in August. It is a new month, a fresh start. And I'm pretty excited about everything that's happening this month and and coming down the pike in the rest of the year. I've never really gotten a summer where I have a whole month of really light work. And that's kind of what this month is ending up being for me. Um, it's actually been really nice. I'm trying to take some of the pressure off myself, but at the same time, I'm putting the pieces in place behind the scenes. I'm working on all that kind of stuff in my business because I am relaunching the VIP group. I'm planning a bunch of upcoming events and workshops for the rest of the year, and I'm even starting to get ideas together for what She Built This has happening in 2022. So that all said, You know, I'm a solopreneur and I do run this ship entirely myself, but I do so thanks to a lot of collaborations. And that's what I really want to talk about today. That's what the theme of August is for me. Um, And you'll hear I'm going to be trickling out news of events coming up as we go through this month and on the podcast. There really is something for everyone, and there's a whole lot of that action happening in the VIP group in the month of September. Um, But for today, Let's just focus in and dive a little deeper into the topic of collaboration. All right. When I owned my retail shop in Amherst um, a a couple years ago, after we had hit about three and a half years in business, 
we found ourselves in this weird position where things were sort of going downhill revenue wise after having like some really, really great years. Um, People, what was happening was there was this new trend where people were buying mattresses online. That's what we sold. And they were often like finding cheaper, less quality substitutes and really like price shopping. So I was sort of having a hard time getting the word out about my business and at the some of it was my own fault because I had really like insulated and isolated myself for a, a solid year. And I'm not sure why. I think what was happening was it just kind of, I sort of stopped having that grassroots marketing mentality. And I a lot of it also came from discouragement of how things are going. You know, sometimes that can be a downward spiral when we don't see action, we feel like we don't want to take as much action. So it was kind of a bad situation. Um, and trying to strategize what we were doing next, I sat down with someone from the SBDC here in New Hampshire, who went through everything with me. We went through numbers, uh, marketing strategies, goals, trajectories, past years, all of it. And when we were done, she looked me square in the eye and she said something to the effect of, Emily, you need to put on your baby brand new business owner bonnet and get out there and start connecting and collaborating with other people. Specifically, she recommended I reach out to anyone that had anything to do with what I was selling. So people in the health field, people that had to do with nutrition, people, other sleep experts, um, doctors, all sorts of people like that, naturopaths, and collaborate with those people. So I took her up on this challenge and I went the extra mile. I met everyone. I met everyone I could possibly meet. It didn't matter what their industry. Um, I would meet them for coffee chats and we would co-host networking events. And I just really was, that was kind of like the impetus for me to get collaborating. I was collaborating on others by getting on their podcasts and radio shows and joining up in different ways with the Chamber of Commerce, really anything. Um, And I collaborated with a ton of people, which actually another story for another day This is how she built this started. It was all through collaborating that I realized, oh my gosh, business is totally not as much fun when I'm trying to do it all by myself and lock myself away in a glass castle. It's so great when you have cheerleaders and supportive people that understand what you're going through and help to keep you inspired and give you the shoulders to cry on during those long, dark days when you think it's all going to shit. Um, But that's another story, like I said, for another day. My point of all of this is to say that over the years, over the past several years now, I've done a whole lot of collaborating and I've learned a whole lot about collaborating. And so I want to share some of those lessons with you today because I imagine if you're kind of in the position that I'm in right now, you're starting to map out what your plan is for the rest of the year maybe even possibly in the year coming ahead. And you have to start choosing who you're going to be working with, how, when, and what that really looks like. And so I think there's some important questions to ask to make sure that it just goes smoothly and well for everyone. I've had collaborations that have gone stunningly, like beautifully well. Everything from running health challenges for the She Built This group to hosting She Built This event to a little secret something I'm working on right now with someone that will hopefully be okay with me letting the news out soon to just having like amazing people on my podcast. But I've also had collaborations go really badly where either I didn't end up feeling respected or valued or it was zero fun or the um, experience for the people who were 
the participants was not a good one at all. And in, at the end of the day, those were just collaborations that were not aligned with me at all. And this even comes down to like client relationships. You know, I've been like honestly yelled at over the phone by clients that just were not a good fit with me. And I've, I've oftentimes I've just stuck in there and held on to something that even when it feels like it can't end soon enough, you know, I've just like really held on until the end. So hopefully you've been on the positive side of the coin of collaborations, but maybe you do understand some of these other situations as well because you've been there. So for the purpose of today's podcast episode, I'm going to define collaborations as the people we work with in our businesses. This could be contractors and clients. It could be people we partner up with to run events or even run our businesses with us. It could be the people that we have do workshops for us, the people that we do workshops for, talks we give, talks we present, basically how, in short, we provide value for our people. And I really think that, you know, even choosing your sponsors wisely is important because when you are putting their name and your name together on your business, that that reflects on you. Now, the dictionary, if you want the dictionary definition of collaboration, it is the action of working with someone to produce or create something. The math is super simple. One plus one equals something. It doesn't have to be two. It could be a million. But it's one plus one equals something. That is a collaboration. And I'll be honest, like this is not something that I've taken as seriously as I should in the past, but there have been some things happen that really have opened my eyes to the importance of choosing good collaborators. Because here's the thing, when you choose to collaborate with someone, you're giving them access to people that trust you and you're marrying them with your brand in a way and it really does reflect on you. So for me, like second to only my husband, our family and and friends, I care more than anything in this world about my clients and my VIP members. And all I want is for them to be helped and served to the utmost. I care about their wants, their needs, their desires, and their feelings. So that's why if a collaboration goes bad, it really affects me. You know, like I definitely do not want people to have a bad experience because of something that I've chosen, but because of someone I've chosen to partner up with. So in learning this lesson of collaborations, ones that didn't go so hot, um, I've decided to weigh things out a lot more methodically when it comes to choosing my future ones. All right. So just like a funny little personal anecdote, I think of, um, I think back to our wedding, like Jason and my wedding was the ultimate collaboration. It was, it, it was, it came from who helped to plan it because it was me and Jason and my mom helped so much with like information and making decisions during that time. But if you think about all of the vendors and just the people involved in putting together a wedding, it's a great example of collaboration. And we wanted our wedding to be like, well, yes, the best for me and Jason and representative of us and our personality together. But we also wanted to include all of these like special touches for our guests so they would know that they're a part of our story too. And we even went so far as like putting special little breadcrumb clues around for people, for our friends and family so that they would like see them and maybe associate them with a memory of all of us together. Um, all of our wedding vendors we chose 
We don't have any complaints about them except for two of them. And obviously, I'm not going to say who these people were, but let's just say they were not committed as we were to that day. One showed up so late, I actually had to have my best friend run out and go find this item last minute because it almost hadn't arrived by go time. And the other just like she she just really didn't have Jason and my vision in mind and ended up being a, a lot of stress the day of. So everyone else, they really brought it. And our guests still to this day say it was one of the most fun weddings that they've ever been to, which is exactly what what we wanted. But that event, planning that event, really taught me about some of the factors that you need to consider when choosing collaborative partners. How can you evaluate someone before you're suddenly like in it, you dove in head first, and maybe now you're drowning or worse, or it might be creating problems for someone in your community. So to start out, let's talk about vision. When you are looking to collaborate with someone, you need to have a clear vision for what you're looking for, for the event, the podcast interview, the workshop, etc. How do you want people to feel before, during, after? And does the person that you're thinking of collaborating with share that vision? I'll give you an update. Another example, right now I'm collaborating with someone. Again, I'll share more about what we're doing soon, but we both have the same vision of how we want to help people through the projects that we're working on. We're in total alignment with the outcome that we want people to get and how we want them to feel every step of the way. Essentially, we want them to feel like they're getting this white glove royalty treatment at a price that is better than anyone else they can find. And we're both really lined up with that goal and mission, and so we've created our signature offer and experience to match that vision. Now, bouncing off that, let's dive right into commitment. How committed is this collaborative partner? Are they going to be the person that cancels on you last minute, leaves you holding the bag? Do they have the same time and energy to commit that you do? And are they committed to the project as much as you are? I can't even tell you how bad it feels when you and someone have collaborated on something, their name's all over it, you know, they get the exposure and the visibility, hurrah, 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 and then they cancel on you and you're left to host the thing alone, set it up yourself, clean up yourself, etc, etc. Now, I tend to be like kind of an overcommitter and I take on a lot of things and be bad at delegating. So a question I need to ask myself is, can I give this person the reins comfortably? Can I trust them to take the reins? You know, I love when people ask, what do you need me to do? But I'm not really good at answering that question. So I also love when we both just really clearly expressed upfront, I'm great at this. I'm not so great at this. And when one person sees the other person flailing a bit or sees that they've overcommitted, they can just say, okay, I got you. I I can help you with that. Um, And this takes me right into work ethic. I think work ethic is a huge thing to consider. Some people, they just don't step up to the plate as readily as others, you know. Some have more drive than a jet engine and some people just don't. And I'm not saying one is right or wrong. I'm not saying they can't work together or complement each other. But typically, a person with a really strong work ethic is going to be kind of annoyed or irritated when they're working with somebody that doesn't have those same values and principles instilled in them. And, you know, if you're the person without the work ethic, you might think the other person's a total freak show, which they might be, but you might also, they might also just have a really strong work ethic or really, really care about this. And this brings me to skills. Are the skills that your collaborator 
is bringing to the table complementary to your own? Are they bringing valuable knowledge and perspective? It's always nice, I think, to have an alternative view of things, especially if you tend to get tunnel visioned or locked in to things being a certain way. Uh, Not that I would know about that, but it's a great added value when someone can step in and offer an approach that you can't or do something that you can't. It's also really important, I think, that you have this level of communication and honesty with each other to be able to express these alternative ideas openly without offense being taken. You know, I often, if somebody makes recommendations, I sometimes take it as, oh my gosh, I was wrong. So I have to sort of be honest when I get into a collaborative situation that, you know, it's just a matter of expressing our different viewpoints or opinions. And then we kind of come to a place in the middle. And I mean, sometimes they are just right. But a collaboration isn't my way or the highway. You know, it's a, it's a collaboration. You're both putting your brain power into it. Okay, so up next and a really important question, do you like this person? I'm not saying like we always get to have these magically jiving personalities with every single person we encounter. There are probably going to be times when you do business with somebody you don't particularly like, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we don't have to. I'm not sure. Um, I tend to really like a lot of people, and sometimes I look at just how much I love that person and forget the other factors. But here's the thing. When you're doing something with somebody that you like, it makes the whole process more fun and easy. Bonus points if you feel really comfortable with them and spending time together is easy. Um, But depending on the collaboration, you might be spending a lot of time with each other. And so having your personalities jive when you're working on something is truly the best way. I personally really enjoy having fun and so this one is pretty important to me like basically if I can't text you the head exploding or dancy lady emoji it's just a no for me it's a no kidding mostly um all right so the last thing is whenever possible to have as much as you can in writing. Sometimes a verbal agreement's going to be fine you know if you're setting up a podcast interview I'm sure you just go over email and I'll say this, I've had a lot of things go really well with those kind of agreements and differentiation of duties. And obviously with smaller things, it's probably not necessary to send them your 10 page bill of rights. But in many cases, a contract and or an agreement is really the way to go because it helps you to set out those clear expectations, negotiate properly, lay out responsibilities, duties, terms, a way out if somebody needs or wants a way out, and then also lays out the financial and time commitments. Here's really what all of this boils down to. It boils down to clarity. Clarity prior to beginning helps you not get in a situation where resentment is building, feelings are being hurt, people lose money, and worse, I think a relationship bridge is burned. Clarity on both sides is the key. And and I really think that when it comes to this stuff, it's usually not the best practice to just kind of go loosey-goosey. So after you've asked all the right questions and evaluated what's really important to you, I think this, I think you have to go in and give it your all and trust because so often we just never 100% know how it's gonna turn out until you're in it. So sometimes you have to try. I mean, you can always use 
feedback that you've gotten from past collaborations and you can use that going forward for next time and you'll start to learn what works for you and for others and what doesn't. But at the end of the day, you really have to trust. You have to trust your gut. You have to ask yourself whether or not this collaboration is providing value on both sides? Is it helping your community and your clients that trust you? And are they going to walk away feeling how you really want them to feel as a result of this collaboration? I really love this quote that um, Lindsay Taylor, the owner of Naughty Good Bites, shared with me the other day. If we don't say yes authentically, we say yes resentfully, and that leads to far more problems than if we said no in the first place. That's by Nat Liu. And I think it really applies to this. You know, the, the best way to prevent some of these resentments building up is to really say yes with authenticity and being sure that, that the yes is in alignment for you. So like I said at the beginning, I'm kind of glad actually that August is looking a little chill and and how it is for me because these are all things that I'm really sitting on this month as I prepare things for the fall for She Built This and uh, the VIP members. And I've, I've also been thinking a lot about just the right clients and having people in your community that are the right fit. You know, right now, like I love all of my clients. This is a far cry from how I started when I took on everything and anything. And I went through a whole lot of experiences where I put myself um, and what I knew was what I really wanted to be doing on the back burner. So yeah, honestly, I don't really have a ton of clients, um, not retainer, regular clients. I take on a lot of projects. Some of them have, some of the people that I loved working with have moved on or not pivoted along with me when I did. But I've also been pretty active in trimming down who I work with to make sure that the people I'm working with are good fit, both for my skills and just like really true blue human beings that I admire and respect and want to do business with. And so as I've done that, It's allowed me the space to take on these projects that are a good fit. And once again, it's come down. The really, really successful things have all come down to expectations. You know, a detailed scope of work, a clear definition of what's happening, how, when, how we communicate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And in in another way with the She Built This community, I've also been putting myself out there and I've been working on getting feedback from the VIP group members this month. Some of the feedback has been amazing and heart melting and beautiful and some of it is hard to read because it's hard when people decide that you are not their cup of tea. But I don't think that is a reason to change your flavor. You know, I I think that when we are being 100% ourselves, we are just not going to be for everyone. And I know sometimes I take it super personally when I can't make absolutely everyone happy. You know, I'm too this for this person. I'm not this enough for this person. I'm too this, too that, blah, blah, blah. Newsflash, we are not too anything. We are ourselves. You're you. So seek out and create collaborations that really value that, that value you, that adore the true you and all the gifts that you bring to the table. And that is how you go further faster. And if you need people to collaborate with and you're not already a part of the She Built This group, I invite you to join us because that is a group of like-minded individuals who love to help one another out. We have a larger online free Facebook group with over 1,400 women globally, but we also have a cozy knit VIP community with, which gives you member perks like visibility, workshops, and 
more on the way. Um, I really think that the VIP group helps to take out the overwhelm, the loneliness, the crazy making out of building your business alone. Because as I told you at the beginning, I have been there and I know it's not nearly as fun without that support system by your side. So if you are not already a member of the VIP group, you can go to shebuiltthis.org to learn more. And from now until September 1st, 2021, it's just $250 a year or $25 a month. That's going up to $30 a month or $300 a year September 1st. We do have a workshop series coming up on in September, which is alone a $150 value. I'm offering that to the VIP members completely for free. So it, it like almost pays for your entire cost of your membership right there. But there's also some other things that um, I'm going to keep you in suspense about for now. Really quick before I go, because this is how I really honor and appreciate those people who are collaborating with me and helping me build this. Here's the Apple podcast review of the week. Always a treat. I met Emily last year through the amazing peer group she hosts. I've been listening to her podcast ever since. She has insightful guests who always offer tidbits I can use in life or business. So thank you, Chris Lindez, for your awesome review. And I would love if you took two seconds to write me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, that would really help me to build this. And you can kind of be my collaborator. Uh, next week, I'll be having Vicki Mellon and Carly Storo, the duo behind Lookup LLC on the show. They're going to be talking about their unique business and how their company is opening up conversations and celebrating the diversity and differences amongst each and every one of us beautiful human beings. Uh, Vicki is actually my neighbor and the way that I learned about her business was on a bumper sticker on her car one day when I was taking a walk. So I think you're going to really like this. Uh, make sure that whatever podcast you're using right now to listen, you follow, subscribe, do whatever it tells you to do so that you can be the first to hear the episodes when they come out on Wednesdays. And really quick, not to get too mushy before I sign off, but I just want to say that I really appreciate each and every single one of you. I'm watching you listen, not in like a creepy way, but I can see my numbers and stats and what you click on. And I just appreciate so much those of you who are new here, those of you who download this each and every week, those who pick and choose your favorites and give me feedback and share. It's just amazing. And talking with you sharing this journey with you. It brings me such joy. It is literally why I do what I do. And I promise not to cry, but it really does bring me to like a point of tears, a solid portion of the time. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much and have a great rest of your week. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.